Today on Throwback Thursday, are newer antipsychotics better for cognition than their older typical forebearers? Welcome to the Carlite Psychiatry Podcast, keeping psychiatry honest since 2003. I'm Chris Aiken, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlat Psychiatry Report. And I'm Kelly Newsom, a psychiatric NP and a dedicated reader of every issue. One thing I learned from this issue is how medication can affect cognition. Yes, and it's something that medications need to do, because like you were saying, a lot of times patients' symptoms get better but their functioning does not. They remain on disability. This is a common problem, for example, in bipolar disorder, where even when the patients have no symptoms of mania and depression, 30 to 60% of them continue to have cognitive problems and continue to be on disability. I remember there being some hope that antipsychotics would improve cognition. Yes, I went to a lot of pharmaceutical-sponsored talks myself where the speakers seemed to imply that atypical antipsychotics would improve cognition and improve the patient's functioning. We touched on that in this issue, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I learned. First of all, where did that idea come from? Well, it turns out that when these medications came out, there were some studies suggesting that the atypicals were much better at improving cognition than the older conventional antipsychotics. In fact, we've known for a while that the older antipsychotics do not improve cognition. They make it worse. Well, it turns out that those early studies were flawed. Basically, they had two groups, the older antipsychotics and the newer antipsychotics in schizophrenia. But the older antipsychotics were dosed high. And what happens when you dose antipsychotics high? You get more extrapyramidal side effects like muscle stiffness. And then the patients get put on benztropine, cogentin, which is an anticholinergic that treats extrapyramidal side effects. But benztropine, as well as high doses themselves, are notorious for impairing cognition. So it was not a fair comparison. We had low-dose atypicals compared to high-dose conventional antipsychotics. What have we learned since then? Well, another larger trial came out about 10 years ago called the Katy trial. And in this one, the two groups were more evenly matched, the older conventional antipsychotics and the newer atypical ones. And the Katy trial did look at cognitive outcomes. Basically, they found no difference between the groups. So that kind of squelches any hope that the atypicals are improving cognition in schizophrenia. That Katie trial was an NIH-funded trial. I'm not quite so sure what I think about that. Well, when it's an NIH-funded trial, we're more trusting of the results because we know that there's not as much of a bias from industry sponsorship. Okay, so you've mentioned that anticholinergics impair cognition, which reminds me that a lot of antidepressants have a lot of those anticholinergic properties in them. Yeah, we touched on that in a separate article. Anticholinergics are getting kind of a bad rep lately. We've had a few articles on this, and there's just a lot of studies coming out showing that various anticholinergics increase the risk of dementia. So they're not only impairing cognition in the moment when you take them, but they're increasing the risk of dementia down the line. We know that, for example, about even Benadryl, diphenhydramine, an anticholinergic that's over-the-counter. And in this issue, we talked about the different antidepressants and new research 
I won't go into all of it, but showing that certain ones increase the risk of dementia, while other ones do not. You are listening to an episode that first went on the air in May of 2019, and we're updating it here with new research and CME credits. Here's a sneak preview of the CME tests that you're going to find in the show note links. Which antipsychotic improved cognition in a randomized controlled trial of stable patients with bipolar disorder? A. Lorazidone. B. Pimazide. C. Cariprazine. D. Aripiprazole. Back to the antipsychotics, and they seem to all be very different. Could there be any that actually do improve cognition? For many years, people pointed their finger at aripiprazole, Abilify, as the shining star, perhaps because it's a partial dopamine agonist. So they're thinking maybe this like Ritalin and Adderall will treat ADHD and improve cognition. So to back up a little bit, there was this implication that because the atypicals improved cognition in schizophrenia, which they don't, they would also improve cognition in other disorders like depression and bipolar, even dementia. We now know that's definitely not true. And ADHD. So, aripiprazole, Abilify, was put forth as a potential treatment for ADHD. Some of you all may have heard about this. And what happened? Industry-sponsored, randomized, controlled trials there are at least two of them, it did nothing. So aripiprazole doesn't seem to be the one. Okay, so what about the others? Overall, it's hard to find any atypical that reliably improves cognition. And in a lot of the studies, when it seems like they do, they're really just making the psychosis better. And when psychosis gets better, cognition improves. But I did find one study, one point of light, which was on lorizodone, latuda an atypical that's FDA-approved for bipolar depression. And in this study, it was industry-sponsored. They took people with bipolar disorder who were euthymic, had no manic or depressive symptoms, or at least not significantly, but had cognitive problems. And they put half of them on Latuda and half of them on a sugar pill. And after about six weeks, cognition significantly improved with the Latuda. That surprised me. I wouldn't have thought that placing someone on an antipsychotic, which can impair cognition through various ways, anticholinergic, there's studies showing that they reduce blood flow in the frontal lobes. I wouldn't have thought this would have happened. So that was a surprise. It's not something I'm ready to rest my hat on right now. And I would have a lot of qualms about adding an antipsychotic just to improve cognition when it carries so many other side effects, weight gain, metabolic side effects, tardive dyskinesia. So I'm really at a loss to think of who I would give lorizodone to just to improve their cognition. But there may be perhaps patients who are significantly disabled because they have cognitive problems. It may be worth a try. Okay, so if we cut to the chase here, it's just not really a good idea in general to be prescribing antipsychotics to improve cognition. Yes, we're just not there yet. The Latuda data is too early to tell, and the other studies didn't pan out. But 
Next week, we'll be talking about something that just might improve both cognition and mood. What is it? Well, it's actually something that comes from your homeland. Australia, the land down under? That's right. Australia not only brought us lithium, but lately they've been bringing us news about a diet that treats depression. I hope you'll join us next Monday. In that episode, we took the research that casted doubt on typical older antipsychotics and found flaws in those studies, which caused us to question the whole notion that atypical antipsychotics are better than their forebears for cognition. After we publish the episode, a new study, the Nessie trial, gives us a different take. This study randomized just over 100 patients with schizophrenia to an atypical antipsychotic or to one of those older typical ones. The atypicals they used were aripiprazole, olanzapine, and quetiapine, and the typicals were haloperidol and flupentexol. This time, the results tipped the balance a bit in favor of the newer atypicals, at least in terms of verbal fluency. In the short term, both groups improved in the cognitive domain that arguably matters most, executive functioning, but only the atypicals brought improvements in additional verbal fluency. Now, over the long term, stretching out six months, the atypical group also saw improvements in working memory. But it was really at this six months period that the differences became more stark. At this six-month point, the patients on the older antipsychotics actually experienced a decline in their executive functioning, while the ones on the atypicals saw continued improvement. So you can see why this tips it a little in favor of the atypical antipsychotics, and it's nice to see that done in a randomized controlled fashion. So are we ready to conclude that the newer atypicals are better than the older drugs? Maybe. But I should point out that each of the three atypicals they chose in that study have some evidence on their own to improve cognition and schizophrenia. So it might be something about the lot that they chose. Again, those were quetiapine, aripiprazole, and olanzapine. And on the other hand, one of the older antipsychotics they chose, haloperidol, ranked at the bottom for cognitive outcomes in a new network meta-analysis of 54 antipsychotic trials. So it might not be that the newer ones are better than the older ones, but rather, by luck of the draw, they chose some of the best newer ones and some of the worst older ones. Overall, we're going to stand by our conclusion that if antipsychotics improve cognition, it's a very small effect and most of the benefits are due to the treatment of the illness itself. These are complicated drugs and they're used in complicated illnesses and their effects are varied. Some of their pharmacodynamic effects might improve cognition while others like the effects on the anticholinergic and metabolic systems, 
might make cognition worse. Thank you for joining us on Throwback Thursdays. If you'd like to earn CME credits, follow the link in the show notes. Subscribe to the full journal with the promo code podcast and follow us online where Dr. Aiken is releasing a daily dose of psychiatric research on his LinkedIn and Twitter feeds at Chris Aiken, MD. 